Hail Pagan Mac Podcast, episode number 165. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Chris Biden. And we are here each and every week to talk about all things Apple, whether it be your Mac, iMac, MacBook Pro, MacBook Air, your not-so-Mac phone, but iOS device, or brand new iOS iPad 2 device, perhaps. Yes. And all kinds of other wonderful things. And of course, you know, this, this show was originally designed to be a source of help to those of you who are brand new Mac users. And, you know, it, it's funny because I, some, sometimes, Chris, I get uh, emails saying, you know, hey, if I'm a brand new Mac user, what episode should I listen to? And all of them. All of them, though. Exactly. You should. <laughs> Y'all go listen to all 100. Are we on 165? Really? That's crazy. How is that possible? Have you and I done 165 shows? Actually, plus. because I, I haven't done 165 shows. I've done like 40. No, oh. I've probably done like 150. No, I th- <laughs> well, yeah. But but the thing is, is, you did several shows before we re- we relaunched. Yeah. But man, 100, mm. this is 165? That's awesome. Oh, that's crazy. I've had, I, I guess I've been using a Mac much longer than I had uh, initially thought. We're well into our golden years. We are. Hey, so so to answer the question, the, th- this is what I like to tell people: say, listen, the, you don't want to go back and listen to episode number one because I don't know that, that we ne- that we ever actually got to a place where we said, "Hey, this is where you start." And instead, what I tell people who are brand new listeners uh, is this: you should call in at eight five nine seven nine five four zero six seven, ask your questions, and then listen to the next episode as your first one. Yeah, because if you leave voicemail feedback, we will play it. That's right. <coughs> so there we I, go. I apologize. I've got a cold. Oh, no. How'd you come down with another cold? I don't know. Goodness. Just, just did. Uh, anyway, uh, we hope that you get better soon. But I'll I tell you what. Uh, I understand that there's a little rumor going around that, uh, you know, although week after week after week... <laughs> We've talked about how neither of us have a desire to go to iPad 2 because we are both so 100% fully content with our original iPad devices. Yep. But I've, <laughs> I've heard rumors that one of the two of us, and possibly not me, has caved into the Apple influence. It's peer pressure. What happened? Well, kids, I got an iPad 2. <laughs> So why? Why why not? Okay, well, okay. Because I uh, I had plenty of people with that work all around me that have them, and I've had my hands on them, and uh, I just realized that it's, it's I need to upgrade. You need, and there was a upgrade. window of opportunity where I could, and I did. <laughs> the stars aligned. Mm-hmm. All right. So exactly. so I mean, we've talked about this though week after week, and and. I, and <laughs> And I'm wondering if Chris could convince me, which I highly doubt it. I, I, I really do not see the day where I will own an iPad 2 prior, or another iPad prior to iPad 3. I just don't see it right now. 
But Chris, yeah. you know, we've talked week after week. We said, you know, hey, you know, you get the cameras. Eh, get the iPhone. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I, I I forget the cameras are even on this thing. You know, faster processor. Eh, you know, Netflix is working just fine. The daily, okay, <clears> the <throat> daily could probably benefit from a little bit of the the extra process. But it's the daily. I mean, come on. I'm not gonna go out and get a new iPad just so I can load up my online newspaper faster. Chris, yeah. what was it that convinced you to to sell your drum kit, to to sell your old iPad, <laughs> sell some plasma? I, I mean, actually, I don't <laughs> think you did I didn't that. sell any plasma. Actually, I, I got quite a bit for my drum kit. And well, and let me go back. The reason I sold my drum kit is I needed room to move my office, which is actually still in the bedroom right now, downstairs to the basement. It's my man cave, which is actually, you know, it's it's not like I'm going to a basement with like spiders and stuff. This is a nice basement, fully furnished with a bar and all sorts of stuff. <clears throat> well, my drum kit was down there. I haven't really played drums in any bands uh, since the end of 2004, middle of 2005. Uh, so I and I really haven't played the drums at all since last year. Just even sitting down just to bang on them. Okay. Uh, I play my mandolin and my guitar much more. So I decided to sell them because we needed the space and um, you know, I, I wasn't going to be heartbroken over it. And my wife, when, when I told her that, said, you know what? You, know, you had those drums 10 years before you know, me. You know, Do what you want with the money. It's yours. All of a sudden, my, the wheels started turning. Uh-oh. And I'm like, I guess I could get the iPad too. So I was playing with people at work. I played like Infinity Blade and Dead Space and on theirs and it was just I was shocked how much cleaner and crisper and faster the graphics were and just it was just blowing my mind and in I play way more games on my iOS devices than I do on you know Xbox or anything like that and where the iPad 2 really really comes into play is is the graphics processor it's nine times more powerful than the original iPad so with that being said I realized there's going to be a lot of games that are going to take advantage of it in the next you know month you know couple months Right. You know, there's already games like Infinity Blade and Dead Space that already take advantage of it. You know, they just kind of tweaked a little bit. Um, but, you know, those people are going to be making even better and better and better games. So, and, and in computers, you know, in PC, in the PC world, games are what, really what pushed computer technology. So I decided to go ahead and get one. Plus, I had a 16 gig and I was already kind of reaching the end of, of its space. You know, I had to kind of be picky and choosy on what I was going to put on it and stuff. So I got a 32 gig. And, if you remember when the iPhone 4 was announced, what did I want? Which iPhone 4 did I want? Uh, the white one. The white one. So I got a white iPad. So you got yourself a white <laughs> iPad. Yeah, so I, I sent a message to my buddy at the Apple store. I said, hey, I'm looking for a 32 gig white Wi-Fi iPad too. Sends okay. me a message. This is like at 9 o'clock before the store opens. Sends me a message back. Says, I've got one. Hey. Do you want me to hold it for you? And I said, yes. So at two o'clock, I went in. It's, it was under my business name. So I went in, got it. You know, they were sold out by then. You right. know, they, all they had were 64 gig uh, Verizon iPads that morning. Ew. Except for the 32 gig white Wi-Fi one that was mine. So I walked in, got it, got an orange smart cover for it. Yeah. Which is actually really, really cool. It's you super li- you, cool. You like the smart cover. I do. I, and I also got... <clears throat> Actually, I got this last night. I got um, a. Uh, I wanted a sleeve because I had the Dodo case and, and this, that, and the other for my iPad. But honestly, I don't know about you, but most of the time for me, I like having the iPad out of its case. Mm-hmm. I just think it feels better. 
Uh, it's definitely thinner. So I always have it out of the case anyway. Well, I want to have it, I want to be able to put it somewhere. You know, if I sit it down, I want to be able to put it, put it on something so it doesn't scratch up the back. Because when I'm holding it, I'm not, I'm not too worried about it getting scratched. But if I want to take it to work or I want to slip it in my laptop bag, you know, I'm not going to do that um, naked, basically. Gotcha. So I got a, an, an in-case sleeve for it. Really, really nice. Real super soft on the inside. It's basically those neoprene cases that, you know, this, the slip covers that you see people get for their laptops. Yeah. Boy, this fits the iPad and the iPad too. And uh, I slip it in there. What's cool about it, it's uh, certified for airport. So uh, when I go out of town in two weeks to Myrtle Beach, I'll just take my iPad in that case and won't even take it out of it. I'll just carry it with me on my carry-on, you know, with my carry-on, and that's it, man. And it's, you know, I'm good to go. Beautiful gaming, watching movies. I'm really, really happy with it. There is no, like, regret on getting the iPad, too. Well, the couple things here. Well, first, I want to ask you: Is on this case, the sleeve that you have? No, is the sleeve made in such a way that you slide the iPad to with Smart Cover on it into the case? Yes. Okay, good. That makes lo- yeah. That makes. I a mean, lot it, of sense. it was made for the iPad One, uh-huh. and the iPad One's a little thicker than the iPad Two with the Smart Cover on. Right. So it just it just works perfectly. Gotcha. Perfect. Yeah, I like it a lot. I like the case a lot. It's cool. And number two, I was going to say that it makes a whole lot of sense that you would cave in and get an iPad 2 where I would not. And that is, I mean, I've heard you talk about Infinity Blade, you know, several times. And I still have not purchased that game and have no desire to purchase that game. Right. Um, you know, the, the most powerful game that I have is the original, um, the original racing game, real racing HD or whatever. I have the first one. I don't even have the second one. Right. Um, and and be, to be honest with you, I don't even like it uh, that all that much. And the the I do play, you know, I don't play very many games at all. But the ones that I do play, I'm I'm playing like Angry Birds. I uh, definitely don't need a nine nine X boost on my graphics for Angry right, Birds. Right. Um, what else am I playing as far as my games? And and by the way, most of my gaming is all done on my iPhone, not on my iPad. Yeah. And yeah. The, I like on my iPad right now. I got. <clears throat> Two games I'm playing: Sword and Sorcery EP, which is awesome. Uh, Infinity Blade, Dead Space, Nova Two, uh, Dungeon Hunter Two, uh, Plants vs Zombies, Carcassonne, uh, Puzzle Agent, World of Goo. You know th- those games are, are really work best on the iPad. And what's cool, I found, it, it seems like the, kind of the new thing now, Cliff. Yeah. Like Sword and Sorcery, you buy the iPad version. Uh huh. It comes with the iPhone version. It's universal. Right. But they also sell an iPhone-only version. Oh, really? So th- I think that's awesome. You don't have to spend more to get the iPad version, but if you do, you also get the iPhone version for free. Or not free, but it's just yeah. included. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I really dislike that. I, I don't like the idea of an iPhone-only version because then if you get if you start out with an iPhone, but then you get an iPad, then you have to repurchase it again. Or well, if they both come out at the same time, you can say I'll just pay a little more, get the universal version, and then. Well, but but here's the thing. Let's just say, for example, I let's say I'm a, I'm a happy brand new iPhone four user. Mm-hmm. Uh, is my matter of fact, it's my first Apple device of any type, and I have really no desire to have a, an iPad, an iMac, and a MacBook. I don't care about any of that stuff. But I'm really enjoying my iPhone 4 and I'm buying all these games, buying all these games. And wow, I really like all these games. 
And then all of a sudden I see my friend Chris who has an iPad too. And I play a couple of the games on his. It's like, <gasps> whoa, that's awesome. And, yeah. and next thing I know, I go out and get an iPad and now <clears> I have to go buy all those games again. When there, when there was a universal option out there, it, it, that just sounds weird. Yeah. I, since I bought it for the iPad, it, I guess it, it doesn't really affect me. Yeah, I know, but I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm just wondering what what the marketing. I mean, just make it universal and 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 be done with it. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. That's I'm just, I'm just I'm just griping. But anyway, yeah. So that makes sense that you would you would get that. I still don't see a use for it. I'll tell you what. There, I do see perhaps a potential where maybe an iPad could come in useful for me, but it it's such a stretch. And that's if I, if for some reason I decided that there was um, some way that I needed to be able to record screencasts of the iPad or I needed to be able to demonstrate, you know, an iPad application that I'm using for my podcasting, you know, you know work. And I wanted to be able to demo that in front of a, a group of people on an HDTV setup kind of deal. Right, yeah, the the mirroring is cool. I haven't done it yet, but I think it's awesome. That um, that's the only thing I could see that I would need that I would feel like I need that. And of course, I could jailbreak my current one and still be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, there is a there there is a solution for. I'm looking. I'm looking to see. Let's see HDMI HDMI. I would need a really really long HDMI cable to 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 do it. You know. And I'm right. looking to see what the longest HDMI cable I can get from mono price is. <clears throat> Probably a 50 foot. See, 10 foot is $4. That's that's pretty cool. That's pretty cheap. Yeah, that's their cheapest one is, is or cheapest short one is 10, 10 feet. What, 12 feet, 11 bucks. There you go. There that, you would, go. that would work. Yeah. I could play I could play games with that. Oh, 15 feet. There you go. Uh, $20. And, and I'm looking here at, oh, 35 feet. Mm-hmm. Thirty dollars. If uh, if you're if you're looking for any kind of cables, monoprice.com is the best place to go. Yes, uh, cable. I'm put that in the show notes right now. Monoprice. Mono. That is the secret, man. They got all sorts of stuff. That like if you want <laughs> if you want a case for <laughs> a monoprice case for your iPad, mm-hmm. three dollars and seventy eight cents. Yeah, that's for them. That's that that's what they call their business card. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it says monoprice on it. But you know what? I mean. It, it's just awesome if you needed anything from the, these people just have super cheap like, cables and stuff like that. So very cool. All right. So the next thing I have on here is the iPhone is keeping track of our location. This has been in the news. Uh, all kinds of people say uh, are saying all kinds of stuff. And, and supposedly uh, Steve Jobs has reacted. He has, yeah. He has Apple's responded. released an official statement. Uh, oh, so there's an official Apple statement now. Yeah, uh, let me grab it real quick here. Yeah, Apple Q&A on location data. Do me read read some of this? Sure, absolutely. Okay, let's let's just give a backstory real quick. People have been kind of freaking out in the news and and all this that Apple was storing location data on your phone, basically kind of leaving a a breadcrumb of where you've been for the past year. Mm -hmm. And it's unencrypted, and you can see it on your computer because it backs it up, and you you can actually map it and kind of see where you've been. So here's the question and answers. First question is, why is Apple tracking the location of my phone? And their answer, Apple is not tracking the location of your phone. Apple's never done so and has no plans ever to do so. It says, then why is everyone so concerned about this? 
And their answer, providing mobile users with fast and accurate location information while preserving their security and privacy have raised some very complex technical issues which are hard to communicate in a soundbite. Users are confused partially because the creators of this new technology, including Apple, have not provided enough education about these issues to date. So, number three says, why is Apple logging my location? Their answer, the iPhone is not logging your location. Rather, it's maintaining a database of Wi-Fi hotspots and cell towers around your current location, some of which may be located a more some of which may be located more than 100 miles away from your phone to help the iPhone rapidly and accurately calculate its location when requested. Calculating a phone's location just using GPS satellite data can take several minutes. iPhone can reduce this time to just a few seconds by using Wi-Fi hotspot and cell tower data to quickly find GPS satellites and even triangulate its location just using a Wi-Fi hotspot and cell tower data when a GPS is not available, such as indoors or in basements. These calculations are performed live on the phone using using a crowd-sourced database of Wi-Fi hotspots and cell, cell tower data that is generated by tens of millions of iPhones sending geotagged locations of nearby Wi-Fi hotspots and cell towers in, anonymous, in an anonymous and encrypted form to Apple. So basically what it's doing... <clears throat> Is the iPhone when when you turn on your assisted GPS, and you know if you if you use a TomTom GPS or a Garmin or anything like that, the first time you turn it on, it takes you know three or four minutes to to find your location, right? Yep. Because it's got to find all the satellites and where they are, you know, in relationship to you. Well, the way this works is, let's say you're you're standing in front of your house cliff, mm-hmm. and you hit like. Foursquare or whatever, and it, you know it activates that little GPS icon. What happens is Apple goes, okay, here's the cell phone towers and Wi-Fi hotspots that I see. My phone. It looks in a data database and goes, okay, I think you're in this general area, and I know that the GPS coordinates for this general area has to look in this location for the satellites. So it helps the GPS in determining where the satellites are in the sky in relationship to your phone. That's why you can get a, a, a GPS signal really, really fast on your phone as opposed to using like a handheld GPS unit or a car GPS unit. So I, the problem is, is that it's not getting, it's not, it's not flushing that data. Yeah, out. it's not flushing the data. It's keeping, it's keeping track of that over time. And it's also making a copy, a backed up copy on your computer's hard drive when you do the backup your, of your phone. That's where people are really concerned. Yeah, it says uh, people have identified up to a year's worth of location data being stored in the phone. Why does my iPhone need so much data in order to assist me finding my location today? And it says this data is not the iPhone's location data. It's a subset, a cache, of the crowdsourced Wi-Fi hotspot and cell phone tower database, which is downloaded from Apple onto the iPhone to assist the iPhone in rapidly and accurately calculating location. The reason the iPhone stores so much data is a bug that we uncovered and plan to fix shortly. We don't think the iPhone needs to store more than seven days uh, of this data. So it's actually not even grabbing your location. It's grabbing a database on at Apple that has all these towers and Wi-Fi locations already in it. Gotcha. Um, let's see. I'm looking here too. Uh, can Apple locate me based on my geotagged Wi-Fi hotspot and cell phone data or cell tower data? No, this data is sent to Apple in an anonymous and encrypted form. Apple cannot identify the source of this data. When I turn off location services, why does my iPhone sometimes continue updating its Wi-Fi and cell tower data from Apple's crowdsourced database? And their answer is, it shouldn't. This is a bug which we plan to fix shortly. 
Let's see. I'm looking here. Uh, software update. Sometime in the next few weeks, Apple will release a free iOS software update that reduces the size of the crowdsourced Wi-Fi hotspot and cell tower database cache on the phone, ceases backing up this cache, and deletes the cache entirely when location services are turned off. And they also say, in the next major iOS software release, which will be iOS 5, the cache will also be encrypted on the phone. So they're going to encrypt it in iOS 5. So even if you pulled the data off the phone, this database, mm-hmm. it's going to be encrypted so you can't even read it. So I think this is a, an issue that people were kind of blowing out of proportion, and it's not really that big of a deal. Well, it, it doesn't sound like a big deal to me. Um, and of course, you know, but the, the thing is, is people are, cons- I guess, had been concerned that they thought that that was storing it for up to a year of their right. location of where they're at. And it sounds to me like they've answered it pretty clearly. And I think it was funny to read Steve Jobs' uh, uh, th- um, response because somebody says, "You know, why why do you guys do this when when Google doesn't?" And said, and he says, "Oh, yes, they do, and yeah. we, <laughs> and we don't." Yeah, so. exactly. Because I think that what they were saying is, you know, the data when because there there were apps that you could pull this thing off and, and look at the map, you know. And I did that, and I could I could see. You know, when I was out in Utah, I could see some dots when I was out at Utah. And in an indirect route, it kind of shows you where you've been, but it's not your phone. It's this database of Wi-Fi yeah. and cell tower information. Here's the situation. If I'm OJ Simpson or something like that, and, you know, I, I'm I'm on trial for being in a certain city that I said I wasn't. Yep. And they get a hold of my computer that has a backup of my phone from... You know, that time when I got back and, you know, that stuff could be... Okay, so maybe it's not his exact location, but his phone would not have downloaded that database of information for that other city, uh, you know, in, in another state when he was supposedly... Never, he had never left his own home state. You know what I'm saying? That so, oh no, so, yeah, I, I, so, I, so totally I still understand that. the the concerns that that people would have, but I'm glad to hear that this is going to be encrypted and it can't be uncovered in a future update. And I'm and you said they're also going to change it to where it only carries the last seven days. Right. Yeah. And it, Scott Forrestal uh, said, you know what we what we did is we we took a cache um, subset of this entire crowdsource database. And uh, we picked a size around two megabytes, which is less than a half a song. And it turns out it was fairly large. and can hold items for a really, really long time. So they didn't think it was going to be able to hold that much data. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, what, what's cool, though, is, I mean, it is on iTunes and that's going to change. Uh, <clears throat> but it is protected on the system. Uh, it has root protection and it's, and it's sandboxed from any other application. Uh, but if someone hacks their phone and jailbreaks it, they can get into this and misunderstand. And it says they can get to this and misunderstand the point of that. Okay. So yeah, Scott Forstall is basically saying, you know, we have this protected on the system, so no app can see it. Uh, you know, but the problem that I was storing on the iTunes, you know, yeah. is a problem. So yeah. I think it's a non-issue. I, I've always wondered how. You know, it, it gets that GPS signal really, really fast because you know I load my TomTom app up, and it takes and, a minute. Uh, yeah, I mean it's like instant. And then my wife has a has a brand new TomTom. I got her for Christmas. You know, and it takes five minutes before we get a signal. And you know, my phone's already ready, good to go. Yep. And you know, you know, I'm glad about the assisted GPS. I think it's awesome. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm glad too. But I, I, I do think it's a big deal for somebody out there who's, you know, sneaking around in other cities and states where they're not supposed to be. <laughs> Should be doing that anyway. No, it's, it's a big deal for them, I think. But uh, certainly not a big deal for you and I, hopefully. Anyway. No, hey, no. So, so, so the iPad has a new competitor out there. It's called the Nook Color. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, the the Nook uh, runs Android. It's been it's been known since day one, and actually, people have been hacking it to put, you know, to to put to make it a a, a vanilla version of Android. And it looks like they came out with an update. Uh, what's going on with this update? Well, I haven't I haven't read anything about it because I'm not all that <laughs> interested in the Nook Color, other than the fact that uh, I held one in my hands the other day and. Uh, it reminds me of the, you know, because when I think of it, of course, the, when I think of a Nook, I'm thinking e-reader, all right? And so in my mind, I'm comparing it to one thing and one thing only, and that's my Kindle. Right. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's more closer to your iPad. It, it is much closer to the iPad, especially, especially in weight. That thing is heavy. Yes, it's not... Yeah, the uh, color LCD screens are are not light, and the battery I think is pretty big in there too. Wow, it I'm just kind I'm just kind of looking over this. This is a substantial update. If you've got a Nook Color, which I think you can get them at for two forty nine. Mm-hmm. So let's say you you had this Nook Color, or you were thinking about getting an iPad, or, or maybe the Motorola Zoom or Zoom or you know wh- whatever that thing is, the one that's only sold like ten devices. But anyway, um, the update uh, gives support for Android two point two Froyo. Uh, the Nook Color App Store, Flash, and a built-in email client. Uh, so the the App Store from Nook Color, um, it's very it's highly curated, which is fine. The App Store brings 125 free and paid apps, which range from utility apps like a new like the newsreader Pulse, which I don't know if you ever use Pulse on your iPad, it's fantastic, uh, to fun apps like the mega popular game Angry Birds. So it has Angry Birds. Sweet. And what's funny is it's got a built-in email reader that lets you check several website accounts such as Yahoo, Gmail, Hotmail, AOL. What's funny is the BlackBerry Playbook, uh huh, a tablet that's selling at double the Nook Color price. Yeah, currently doesn't have an email client on it. <laughs> that's crazy. You know, in my opinion, that that's what I would compare the Nook Color to is an iPad. And not, I, I don't, I do not consider that to be what I would consider to be an e-reader. For, for me, I think an e-reader is something that uses e-ink and is light and can be right. read in the daytime with no problem. And, and yeah, all of that it, other and Mashable stuff. said uh, the Nook Color just created a solid bridge between Amazon's Kindle yep. and a full-fledged tablet such as the Apple iPad I'm, at a price of two forty-nine. I'm glad they did, and, and for two forty-nine, I think it's an excellent price. I don't know that I would ever want to read a book on it, though. It's the same thing with my iPad. I don't want to read a book on my iPad. I read a book on it. I use the iPad Kindle app for more for reference. Mm -hmm. I don't think I could read like a long form book. But if I want to read something and, you know, jump around and this, that and the other, I'll do it. But honestly, the iPad would seems like it would cause fatigue. Yeah. Now, I'll read comic books on it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because comic books, you know, inherently well, yeah. work yeah, you better want... on on a color screen. Absolutely, absolutely, hands down. But yeah, if you if you want a, a tablet and don't want to drop the, the the dough for the iPad, which you know you can get an iPad used now pretty good. Uh, the Nook Color, not a bad not a bad deal now that you can get these apps. Now they also sell a a, a normal Nook for one forty nine that has the e ink. Uh, so and I know. just want to say this: that one's heavy too. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, just, well, it does have a just, color screen on it also, like at the bottom. Yeah, it ju- I'm just saying it's heavy too. Yeah, uh, I would it, say if you want, if you just want to read books, yeah, Kindle, no question, no question, especially 140 bucks, 139 bucks. Well, 114 if you want them to, if you don't mind them putting ads on your your uh, cover screen when it's closed or when it's um, turned off, and at the bottom of your menu, like the, the like just in, just in the library menu. Of course, I I say pay the extra 25 bucks and be done with yeah if ads. it was more if it was like 75 bucks or you know 100 you know what i mean like if, it was, if, if they said if it was 49 i would see yeah, getting the ads if, if they said i can get the kindle for uh, you know 99 dollars no really or no. 75 dollars if it was 49 dollars i'd say bring on the ads oh 49 dollars for the kindle itself yes it, it could it could get to that point yeah but you know but, but, I, uh, I, but yeah, the the Nook Color uh, is a nice little tablet now. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, and and not only that, but the Kindle now. Um, the, you know, the big the only reason I would have told somebody else to consider a Kobo was it a Kobo? Is it a Kobo? I, I don't know what the other e reader is, but there's Kobo, well, no Kobo, and then there was the Nook. And the only reason I would I I I've always the only reason I've I've conceded to other people when it comes to maybe choosing something other than a Kindle is the fact that all these libraries have the ability to borrow eBooks from the library. Right. Yeah. Now the Kindle can do that. Well, the kin yeah, it's, it's rolling out here uh, anytime now, but um, more than 11,000 libraries, I think. Yeah. That's cool, man. So very cool stuff. Uh, But yeah. So for those of you who do have a Nook color and you love it, now you should have a reason to love it even more. If you've got one, let us know what you think of this update. Absolutely. I'd be curious to see what people you know that have one say. Very cool. All right, so uh, white iPhone finally released on Thursday. <sighs> Dude, I want one of these so bad. So what's going to keep you from getting one? Well, there's no difference at all. <laughs> if they if they said you know fifty bucks you could trade in, mm-hmm. I would really consider it. Really, the you like the white that much, huh? I do. It's really, really cool. I think it's it's cool. Oh my goodness! I love my white iPad. I think it's awesome. You know why? Because not everybody's got it. It's like that. You know, it's an iPad too. When you look at it, you're like, "Ooh, <laughs> it's not an iPad." <laughs> that's, so that's yeah, funny. finally, almost after a year, it comes out April 28th, and uh, it's going to be at AT and T, Apple stores, and Verizon stores, and in 28 countries, including Australia, Austria, Belgium, Canada, China, Czech Republic, Denmark, Finland, France, Germany, Hong Kong, U.S., and the U.K. And they said it was actually a lot harder to make the white than they thought. They said they had it all done, and then they realized that there was UV issues. So, yeah, UV. they went back and did that and uh, some sensor issues. So they had to go back and re-engineer it and figure out what, what their problem was. And obviously they got it figured out if they released the white iP- iPad. So yeah, well, here, yeah, maybe uh, the, when the iPhone four S comes out. Well, well here, here's the thing that that's what makes me think that there's a lot of legitimate. Le- uh, anyway, it, that, that the rumors that the iPhone is not going to get an update for, uh, for uh, June is the fact that they did release the iPhone four in white. Because, yeah, I think so. And, and now it, we're even hearing uh, they may come out with a small revision called the iPhone 4S, just like the 3GS. Really? Yeah, which would have the A5 processor, and uh, that's about it. Yeah. Maybe an upgraded camera, but yeah, which would be fine with me. They can come out the iPhone 4S, and then the iPhone 5 will be super awesome, and I'll get that one. 
Well, I'll tell you what. I, I'm I'm sticking with my iPhone four for a while. Um, I I still love it. It is awesome, isn't it? It is. The, the camera. I, I'm 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 consistently delighted how good the camera is on it. It's really good. Hey, let's turn to some questions. We've got David who wants to know. Uh, be, he he's got a dilemma. He's going to buy something, but he doesn't know if the, he wants to get the MacBook Pro or the Air. So here's his question. Okay. This is David Prate from Franklin, Tennessee, and I have a question for help. I've got a Mac. I'm looking at uh, replacing the laptop, and my question is MacBook Pro 13-inch with the Thunderbolt or MacBook Air 13-inch, which I heard is getting the Thunderbolt treatment uh, maybe late May or June, perhaps, uh, and I could certainly wait for that. Um, just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that and uh, maybe which direction you would go. Thanks so much. Enjoy the show. All right. Uh, Chris, I'll let you answer in a second. I'm going to just answer right now. It depends. My, my opinion is that if you have a Mac already, so, so this means you've already got a home Mac device, desktop, iMac, something or other going on for you, uh, I, would, I personally would go for the MacBook Air and, and I would wait for Thunderbolt. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, who uses their laptop as a desktop replacement? Mm-hmm. You know, I I need to be able to to do, you know, After Effects and Final Cut and all that kind of stuff. I, for me, a MacBook Air just doesn't have enough horsepower, right? You know, I need the the i seven. You know, the, my next laptop is going to be an i seven quad core. You know, with a boatload of RAM, boatload of video RAM. And you can take a camping and fry eggs on it, and yeah. So for me, uh, <laughs> for me, that that's what I need. I mean, if it, honestly, if I didn't have to cart it around, I would probably get you know a fully loaded iMac or even a Mac Pro, yeah, for the stuff that I do. But you know, if you're not, if you don't see yourself doing any kind of like, I do 3D full motion, you know, design. If you're not doing any of that kind of stuff, the Air is awesome. I heard it's, it's just super fast. I have the 11 inch uh, MacBook Air and I, I forgot you got that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I have a buddy of mine who was a staunch. I'm never buying a Mac guy, but I have the iPad and the iPhone got the 11 inch uh, Air and just loves it. He's like, it's yeah. the best computer I've ever owned. But, well, not only that, but I wouldn't even want the 13 inch. I, I mean, I love my, my 11 inch that much. It just, it, it's just so sweet. And it, I mean, cause the screen, the screen resolution, it does, uh, it does just over 720p. So, I mean, it, it'll do 1280 by 800, I think. Is that right? I think. I think so. Yeah. Or it might even do 1440 by something. I don't, I don't know. But <laughs> all I know is, is, is that it, it does at least 720p and, uh, it does a little bit better than that. So, yeah. And lo- see, I, I need a ton of space for apps. Like, all the apps I've got installed on my system right now. Uh-huh. Well, see that uh, that was that that's that was my pre qualifier. I mean, if if you get yeah, if you see, get, I've used 192 gigs on my on my laptop, right. and that's not a lot of like documents. So that's you know, Final Cut Studio takes up 40 45 gigs alone. Right. Well, here I'm I'm going to click on. I mean, here I am on my iMac and. You know, I've got a one gigabyte hard drive and I've used 557 gigabytes of that. Hmm. So, and so I've only got 442 gigs left. And I mean, and, and that, to be honest with you, that would be a bit much on a MacBook Pro. I mean, you could get that, but man, when you start getting into that much space and, 
you know, the fact that I've got, um, what have I got, got going on here? 12 gigs of RAM on my iMac now. You're really looking at punching up the price of a, of a MacBook Pro. Yeah. So Yeah, the solid state stuff is just so expensive still. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, I, David, we, we don't know enough about what you have at home and, and, and whether or not this is going to be a main system for you. I, I would agree with Chris. If, it, if you don't have an iMac or, or some kind of desktop MacBook Pro, or, or I'm sorry, Mac Pro or something like that at home, and, and this is going to be your primary Mac, then I would definitely go MacBook Pro. Uh, Mac, MacBook air, I think is, is a secondary portable Mac computer. I I, I do not think it should be a primary computing device for anyone. Yeah. It's definitely a C level, you know, like if you're an executive, yeah, (laughs) exactly. who does uh, it like, like you need to be open up PDF documents every now and then. If you're web browsing, like if your primary uses are web browsing, doing some, you know, office documents or, or if you're an author, you're writing a lot. Yeah, the 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 eleven inch is fine. Exactly. If you're doing any kind of video or anything that's going to take up a lot of space, I mean, even photos are okay on it, but yeah. you're going to run out of space. Yeah, that's my only concern. Well, well, actually, that's not a big concern because Thunderbolt. You know, he he's he is waiting for ah, Thunderbolt. That's true, Thunderbolt. Yeah, be, and and I have to believe there's going to be some very you know fit it in the back of your po- you know in your shirt pocket kind of hard drives that are going to have like yeah. three hundred gigs. You know, in your shirt pocket, and it's going to plug right into your Thunderbolt drive. Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt. I understand. I agree. All right. So, David, I don't know if that helped out, but I hope it did. And we were moving next to Jeff, who has this question or comment. So, Jeff, take it away. Hey, Cliff and Chris. This is Jeff Gentry, X Force 11, calling in for help. I got a Mac. Um, two things. Um, I'm glad you are turned on to uh, Mac Stories. I, I think I had sent that information to you and Chris, um, but uh, I'm not sure if I sent it after Eric or not, or I may have heard of it from Eric. But anyway, it is a cool site. I check it daily for cool stuff. The second thing is I have uh, decided to order my uh, iPad 2 and accessories because both the Apple stores near me can't seem to keep them in, so uh, I should hopefully get that in about a week. But um, I did buy GarageBand for it because of stuff we do at church, and I thought that would be a cool secondary recording device. Um, But I had a question. I've got the camera connector, so I can hook USB in, um, But and I've got a little... uh, The church has a little iMic, USB so you can hook in, but I was wondering what um, relatively reasonably priced uh, input device you would recommend for recording uh, uh, something, you know, from uh, a soundboard or something like that. I know there's some devices out there, some of them only do mono for guitar and some of them are you know, just that kind of stuff. But I would just wonder if uh, Chris had any advice since he's used GarageBand probably a little bit on it as far as input devices for it. Thanks, guys, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. All right, Jeff, thank you so much, and congratulations on the ordering of your new iPad 2. And uh, I've now he asked this question for you, um, but I've I've heard of the iRig some people are using, and I think that yeah. is mono kind of situation that's going on there. Yeah, the Apogee Jam Guitar also um, will do. But this is for guitar. You yeah, know? 
Some people are having. Uh, well, I'm gonna sneeze. Whoa! Uh oh! Bless you. <laughs> iPad. <laughs> All right. Excuse me. Okay. Um, I know some people are having success with getting the uh, USB camera kit. Uh huh. And then plugging in a USB microphone, but your mileage may vary. Your best bet is to check out the discussion board on Apple and see if anybody else is posting that. Yeah. Because I haven't used, I haven't not done that yet. Now, I'm going to tell you about a device that um, is called the IO Doc. Have you heard about this? The IO Doc, no. By Alesis. All right. And I'm going to, um, and it's. Oh, yeah. Alesis makes good stuff. It's Alesis.com. And uh, let's see, Alesis, and that's A L E S I S dot com slash I O doc. And uh, this is brand new, just released. Now, I don't have any clue on how nice this thing is or whatever, but supposedly, you know, looking at the rear panel here, it has um, two combo jacks on it, so you can plug in uh, uh, XLR or quarter inch inputs. Uh, it'll do line level, mic levels. It's got some switching there, um, and supposedly, you know, this is this is looking pretty decent. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know what to think of it yet, but uh, geez, I wonder how much it's going to be. I don't know. Let me see if there's a, a price on it. Looks like it's going to be one ninety nine. It's not bad if it if it does all that and it has that much hookup. That's yeah. That it looks like it's it's running right around one ninety nine out there. <laughs> Dude, every day the iPad just gets cooler and cooler. Yep. Yep. And I'm looking to see if this is in stock. Uh, okay. It says, Elisis expects to begin shipping of the studio dock in the summer of 2011, but you can reserve it today. So there you go. That's the IO dock for $199. And once it becomes available, I'll probably get one in from my supplier to, to see what it see what they're thinking about it or see what I think about it. Sweet. All right. I know they make really good stuff anyway. So, yeah. you know, well, I don't know. I, I mean, at least they, they do definitely make some great pro stuff, but uh, you know, the biggest thing is, is I've heard a lot of not so great things about their multi mix uh, mixers, you know, their USB and firewire mixers. Yeah. Multi- I, I want to say that I've the used multi mix pre- eight. That's the what? one. I want to say that I've used some of their preamps, but I could be wrong. But yeah, they do make some great pro gear, though. Cool. Hey, one last call, and then we'll wrap things up here. This is from Vicky. Vicky, take it away. Hi, Chris and Chris, if it, that's who indeed it is this week. This is Vicky Cyphers calling from TV, where we do video production for small business. And I am actually right in the middle of a very frustrating problem. This is actually for, hope I got a Mac. Um, I have three Mac computers that are on my personal network. One is a fairly brand new iMac. One is about a year old laptop and one is about a six year old G5. They are networked and I can somewhat reach each computer from the other. However, when I, like I've just now got my iMac hard drive full, so I have a ton of space over on my G5 that I want to copy the files over to. And I am having, and I have them all in directories, and it's very organized. But I have to keep going back and forth, giving permission to one directory or the other for them to be able to write files onto the other computer or to bring them from the other computer one way or the other. And it's very frustrating. Is there any way, like for instance, I have a client directory, and if I, and I have all of my clients have a folder under that. 
So if I want to put something in any particular client folders, I have to have every one of those specific client folders basically read-write privileges. But what, is there some way I can either make the whole client's directory read-write privileged? Uh, this just having to do it individually is driving me nuts because uh, I do a bunch of that all the time. I want to have all three of these computers access to all three of all, you know each of each other uh, at any time with full read-write privileges for both because it's me, and uh, I do have a PC that kind of um, is on the network as well, but I'm not as concerned with. Uh, giving and taking on that one. I can deal with that. But uh, this is very frustrating. I want full privileges on all the Macs from any of the other three Macs. So if you can help All me right. Out. So what do you think about that, Chris? Anything? Uh, I've ran into this where like uh, I don't have the same user account on all of them. Mm-hmm. Then you have to authenticate as a, a, a certain user. Oh, so it, it's, it's definitely a security issue. Um, I'm trying to think the best way to handle this. Hmm. I don't know. So this is something so, that I, I have to kind of research. So are you saying that if she actually set up all three systems to use the same username and password? I think that would work. You think that might work? That might, yeah. All right. Well, and, and I would assume she could go in and create new accounts, just like a sub account, and then name those as the same as you know name the other two is the same as the one that's actually got the the drive right yeah at least give that a shot and see what happens give that a shot see if that works uh vicky if not give us a call back let us know and and i'm sure chris can uh tap into his various resources to see if they, you can get an answer there yep oh real quick uh chrome 11 just got released today oh really so if you have chrome uh update it if you don't have automatic updates, they also change the icon. It looks a little, it's more stylized now. Huh. Please restart Chrome right here. So I'm doing that right now. I'm restarting Chrome and uh, it just reloaded. Look at the icon. It looks the same. Really? Uh, it looks different on mine. Really? Uh, well, let me hit here about Google Chrome. And I got a Chrome. I, okay, so the Chrome, lo, Chrome logo looks different on the About Google Chrome page. Yeah, that should change in a doc if you like close Chrome and reopen it. Yeah, let me click close. Oh, oh, wait. A second. It changed and then changed back. Oh, okay, there it goes. It's kind of like uh, it has an open. You know what? It looks like there's a different icon if it's open or closed. Weird. Let but me, yeah. Let so let me close it. Hold on, I'm gonna close it. Okay, no, it's staying this time. So basically, okay. it was it was just re. Yeah, it's a totally over. different icon, but it's actually I kind of like it. Okay, so I've got I've got Chrome 11 now on the Mac. Anything new? Mm, just speed updates and stuff. Yeah, bummer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool stuff. Oh, let me tell you, you know what's cool about Chrome is it saves all your applications that you installed. Yeah. So when you go to another computer and you install Chrome and you enter in your credentials, it downloads those those extensions for you. Wait, and that's Chrome 11 now? No, Chrome 10 did it too. Oh, extensions. Right. Does it keep your settings for your extensions? Yes. Where do you go to sign in? Do it's you, just when you go to, you know, if you set up syncing on Chrome. Okay, where do you go to do that? If you go to Chrome preferences. All right, so I'm going there now because um, I, I, I'm telling you, I'm using a Chrome extension called uh, Speed Dial. Yeah, yeah, and then you oh, go to personal stuff. It. All right, so personal stuff. 
set up sync. All right. Great. And then uh, can you use any, any Google account? Yep. And then you can choose uh, what you want to sync. Apps, autofill, bookmarks, extension, passwords, preferences, or themes. Okay. So I'm signing in. Ah, oh, there we go. Keep everything synced. And then click OK. Boom. Done. Dude. So now if I go to my MacBook Air it'll and, and sign in and sync, all of my extensions will come over. It should. Dude. I'm excited about this. See, you got a cool tip during the closing song. How about that, my friends? There you go. So go check it out. Chrome 11 is out, and apparently I don't have to go in and and reconfigure. Will, I, will it save all? I'll have to check it out. Because if I don't have to set up speed dial on my MacBook Air, I'm going to love it because I've been really working on setting up speed dial. Well, check it out. Let us know next week. All right, folks. Hey, if you go to give us a call, 859-795-4067. Again, that number is 859-795-4067. And until next time, friends, we encourage you to head over to gspncommunity.com and join the community. 